1: Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. I feel like we're kind of getting back on schedule now. It's been a weird Boy. couple of months. Uh, Summer
0: was weird. Summer was weird. You were out, I was out. There was some work travel involved there. Didn't see a lot of each other for like two months.
1: No, and um, but hey, thanks for listening. This is season five, episode 25. Big episode today. We have Erin Sowell coming on of Thoughtful Research. She spoke at the Georgia MMR Future of Insights Conference a couple of weeks ago I was so impressed with her presentation. I begged her to come on. So she's coming on later today. She's amazing. I think you'll love the interview. We haven't recorded the interview yet, but I think you're gonna love it just based upon Thanks. her presentation and her. Um, this episode brought to you by um EMI Research Solutions. That's where producer Brian and I are employed. Um Intellicast at emi-rs.com if you want to email us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, and in telecast one. Um, you can vo- voicemail or text us at 513 401 5463. Man, let's get into it. Current let's events. Get into I, it. I summarized current events to prepare. I actually did show prep. Okay, go for it. So I was like, what's going on this fall? I knew there was a lot going on in Chicago. I didn't realize what all was going on in Chicago. If you live in Chicago, man, what a time to be alive. Um, here's the upcoming conferences in that beautiful city. Um, we have our North Central Insights Association Fall Conference. That's going to kick it off. That's September 7th through 9th. I will be there. Jason Enderhees is another edition. Yep. Um, our fall conference is a pretty big deal for us as a chapter. really excited to see people. And we have really good speakers, almost all brand side speakers. And so, really excited about that, September 7th through 9th in Chicago. The following week in Chicago is crazy. Two additional Insights Association events. Um, first one is the CEO Summit, which is an annual event that I've always heard. It's one of the best events they put on of the year. It's limited that September 12th through 14th. And then I think this is a new one, this Executive Leadership Summit at the same, kind of the same time, September 13th through 15th, so in Chicago. And I guess, you know, it's not for CEO level, it's probably for other C-level Uh, VPs or pretty senior people, or maybe it could be for anybody looking for more executive type of leadership. Um, September 13th through 15th in Chicago. So you could go with your CEO when a CEO goes to one venue and you go to a different venue. And man, that seems like a lot of fun to me. I kind of jealous that I'm not going. I wish we were going. So Chicago, man, it is it is going to be full of researchers. People in the streets of Chicago are going to be like, what is going on with all these nerds walking around our city? And it is because we have all these conferences going on. So, man, lucky time to be in Chicago. And then the other events after that, the Vegas Insights Conference, not in Chicago. Nope. That's in Las Vegas, September 29th and 30th. And then you'll be in Chicago, September. October sixth, yes, for
0: Insights Marketing Day. So yeah, we wait. We give Chicago a three week break, and then we're back.
1: Oh man, and Emma's going also.
0: She is. Yes, this will be her first Insights Marketing Day. And Priscilla will be there. Priscilla will be there. The entire Little Bird team will be there. Lots of good speakers. Uh, we are actually again the podcast sponsor for this year. Oh this is yeah. Our third or fourth year of being that. I don't remember. I think it might be fourth and so we are actually going to be having some interviews coming up here over the next few weeks
1: from some of
0: those speakers so hopefully everyone stays tuned for those
1: yeah that's a it's a big day um i'm i'm part, part of me is so excited that we in marketing research have really embraced marketing that we even have a whole day and there's sessions like if you go to IEX and some of the big conferences they have a whole track around marketing around how businesses can help do better marketing and individuals can kind of build their brand. And I'm not sure how much the credit goes to the little bird marketing team, but a lot, Um, she's been so great for the industry. So, uh, but part of me is like, I blame, you know, let's just say it. I blame (laughs) marketing for all the crazy name changes that's going on in this world that we should do an episode just on the name changes. Drives me crazy. We almost had a special guest on this episode. Oh boy. We almost we almost have Torfac on. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing.
0: With the name changes, I know you don't like the name changes, why can't and your big thing is why can't we just call stuff things? But because of everything being trademarked, patented, so on yeah. and so forth, all of those traditional type names are taken. So it is very hard. So you can have someone out here that might be called Acme. Well, now I need to go find out something a different way to spell it. So maybe it's AKMY or something like that. Because I need to figure it out because the traditional spelling is taken. It's trademarked. It it's just hard. That's why you're getting odd spelling names. You're getting different versions of things, everything like that. So
1: well will you ask that question in some one of the seminars in Insights Marketing Day, like what the hell's going on with names? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Well, you can probably figure that out on more on October 6th in Chicago. Yep. Um, we have one other kind of... I've oh, not- got two more conferences? Oh, you got two more conferences? Holy crap. This, this fall is crazy. You know, we talk about the spring as being full, kind of late winter, early spring is full. But man, this fall is crazy. CRC, another big conference, is October 26th through yep. 28th in New York City. And then TMRE... Don't forget about them. Um, November 14th through 16th in San Antonio. So there's a lot going on this fall. Assuming Is it? COVID doesn't destroy yeah. the world again.
0: Uh, oh, no. Did you hear? So driving in this morning, and I know this affects us a little bit, but Hamilton County here in Cincinnati, back down to orange. No longer um, recommended that kind of. We were. Indoors. Indoors. Yeah. At this point now, I mean, it. And I'm not going to downplay it for the ones who get it bad or are in ho- the hospital or have lost a loved one for it, but yeah. the version of it now is not as bad as it was. It's
1: an endemic. We have to deal with it. Right. It's like Very, the flu now. You have to – flu.
0: it's going to yeah. be, okay, I, I just imagine. all right, come fall time, I go get a flu shot, I go get a COVID shot, and I move on with my life. That's, yep. a, that's the new annual type thing. Yep.
1: But I interrupted you with yeah. conference talk. That, I just think about seven conferences and that's a lot. Yeah.
0: So with that, is it because that we're still kind of getting back to normal? 2021, you had a lot in the back half and you, people didn't really want to have them loaded up in the spring because think back pre-COVID, all of those quirks conferences and some of those IIEX and some of those other ones were all loaded up in like that eight week period in the spring, kind of like that. It kicked yeah. off with sample con. And then for the next eight weeks, it seemed like there was a conference every week. And then yeah. you only had TMRE and CRC in the back half of the year.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I think sometimes we overthink, overlook some of these conferences that are happening. Maybe um, the CEO summit obviously has been around our fall conferences just happens to be in the same city as a lot of the other mm-hmm. association stuff that's happening. I think it just—I think it's just happened this year this way. There's a lot going on, and you know, I think Insights Marketing they used to piggyback on stuff, and now that it's its own thing.
0: So the first year out in Denver, it didn't. It was its own thing. The second year was co- a COVID year, and it was virtual. Okay. Last year, it piggybacked Quirks because Quirks got moved to October. So okay. it, Insights Marketing Day happened the first day, and then Quirks happened the next two days. So that was kind of that piggyback. This year, it's back to being its own thing again.
1: Okay. So. Well, a lot of options for the fall if you're looking to get out. And I, I loved um, the conferences that I've been to. Um, they feel better than the before. I don't know if that's because – I got away from it, or we got away from it as an industry or as a world for a couple of years. I felt like people are happier to get back, and there's new energy, maybe. Like yeah, I mean, also, it looks different. Keep like, in mind, you had it—you had a, almost a two-year break from it because
0: I remember back in 2019, after your conference circuit, you're like, "Man, I'm I'm tired of this." Like, yeah. and now, it's like mid 2020, you were itching, but that was because you got yeah. every. And it's I think that's part of it is you everything got paused for a couple of years. Everyone got a little bit of a break. Think of it too, of your vacation. You're working, you take a week off, you come back refreshed, kind of ready to go for the most part. So I think it's kind of a it was a vacation for everybody who attends
1: conferences a lot. And I don't know if our industry looks that much dramatically different today as it did two or three years ago. But when you go to conferences, it feels different. There's a lot of younger people a lot more um, non-white people, a lot more females, more, it's just different energy. And that's a good thing. I agree, yeah. Very good thing. Um, It just feels so different. And so I think that other people have gone to conferences and noticed that too. Um, I don't know why we're we're talking, we've talked about conferences for 10 minutes here. I know,
0: but we do have one other thing we have to cover before we get to the interview. And that is the Insights Association released their top 50 market research report
1: yes um it's a big deal yes so first off um michael brereton simon chadwick uh, melanie courtright inside association um this report has kind of changed hands over the past few years um and michael brereton who i know not real well but i know him he's kind of a legend in the industry he retired from merits if you know them and now um Leads the Masters of Science Marketing Research Program at Michigan State, which is a great college. I've met a lot of those students. They're cranking out really good students. He's kind of leading this, I think. And so, first off, this is not easy to do. No matter who's doing this, anybody can pick it apart. Um, it's a great report. It's I like it that it's shorter. You mentioned that. like, should we, we should talk yeah. about this today. It's a lot shorter than I think it's been in the past. More concise, maybe, but it's a very efficient report.
0: I, I um, like to call it. So I had an old boss who would always talk about don't write long stuff, try to get to USA Today headlines. And it feels like this report itself is like USA Today headlines. It's only 16 pages, which yeah. I went back and looked at some of the older ones. They were 40, 50 pages. So yeah.
1: um, so the combined it, um data from a company called OutSell, they're an analytics company, with a survey that fielded in May of this year from through the Insight Association. And the, I think the big headline is a growth of 16.6% for 2021 versus 2020. And they kind of go into detail about that. A lot of good commentary around that. And that's a lot of the, a lot of the report is really uh, understanding market share by segment and talking about the growth. But what we like to do. Yes. To look at the top 50. um What's it called? The top 50 insights and analytics, top 50 revenue. And they say it's an expanded
0: definition of insights and analytics. They do preface Mm -hmm. that.
1: So we can talk, we'll talk about that. And then, then after that, they list the um, top insights Association members with reported income. And that's the top 30. Correct. Top 30, what they call the market research agencies. Very good. Thank you for helping me um, make sure I say this correctly. So we don't have to do a follow up with Apology podcast, um, which we've done in the past. And so members of the reported income exceeding 14 million. Um, We are number 29. That's the first.
0: Yeah. We are. It's big news around here. So
1: at one point, we were number 24 or 23, I think, and we kept getting bumped. Yep. Um, What's interesting about this report, and we'll go through it even more, is that it starts off with Nielsen and IQVIA. and yep. they're, they're both at two, over two billion in revenue. And then you have all of our, our giants in our industry that you probably know mm-hmm. of SOS and Cantar and ICF and Dynada and Protege. They're in the hundreds of millions. And then you get down to this the last ten or so are below a hundred million. And we're all in this group. And some of these are big names, Burke, um, Synth and Lucid combined, they're at 16 and 17. So that'll, they'll move them on the list once that next year's list. Big Village, which is formerly Engine, Directions, Market Vision, a lot of Cincinnati companies here, yep. KSNR, MMR Research. So a lot of the full serve sort of gongos, so a lot of kind of similar sized um, full service market research firms kind of in the last 10. And we're included in that. So it's an honor to be around those names.
0: Right. And one thing we should preface is that they base that on U.S.-based revenue. So yep. it is not a lot of the organization's total revenue, but what they can attribute to their U.S.-based.
1: Yep. And so um, this has always been one of the, my favorite ports of the year to look at and kind of go through and oh, who are the, who's moved up, who's moved down, who are the new names that I don't recognize. I think I recognize about every name in this top 30. Yeah, um, same here. There's a couple of newer ones. Um, like Susie is kind of a newer company. They're at number 22. They've been, they've been really loud in the industry. You have a lot of companies that have kind of merged and like Forsta. There's a you know bunch of different companies. Yep. Um, they're at number 11, and so a lot of the bigger names that you've heard of. So that's the top 30. Should we talk about the top 50? The other group. Sure. Let's go for it. Um. Um, so it's ranking the top 50 companies in the, quote, insights in analytics space. Expanded. Expanded definition. So I think that has to be
0: very clear here before we get started on that. They have an expanded definition of what that means. Not
1: maybe what you and I consider
0: that, but
1: yeah. – So at first I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous, right? But you know what? I kind of like it that our insights industry is expanding. We needed a rebrand a few years ago. We were, mm-hmm. you know, CX was getting all this momentum and UX and we weren't cool. And now, but, you know, you could argue that both CX and UX are part of the insights industry. I would argue they are. I would. So We should expand. And if we want a seat at the seat level table, which I think insights should, I think research should, um a lot of organizations the whoever the research champion is whatever that person is reports into marketing yep i think it should be a separate seat in my opinion and if we want to truly have a seat at the table and inform the ceo and decision makers just like marketing does and marketing's always had a seat at the table mm-hmm. this is how we have to think about our industry i think so i mean when we go through the names it in some ways it sounds silly <laughs> Uh, when you see Nielsen right next to Salesforce, when you see Adobe at number five, you see Gartner at number one, which you could probably justify Gartner being number one. They're
0: yeah.
1: kind of a adjacent at least to what I consider marketing research. Um, you see a lot of the traditional ones, Nielsen and both of the Nielsen as they split up and IRI, but they're in the episodes, in but they're right next to MailChimp, um, which you know you could argue whether that's, research um hubspot is in there booze allen um so it's kind of weird what do you think do do you agree with what i just said or disagree
0: i do and maybe there's a couple on there i still question mailchimp being the biggest one yeah um maybe they've expanded some of the stuff since i've dealt with them but i just view them if that's an email marketing platform i don't view that as any sort of i mean yeah great they can tell you these reports on the emails they send but yeah, I, don't, a, I don't consider that.
1: I, I get the with, um Digital data analytics. Right. MailChimp, yeah. Nice Systems, LiveRamp, um, HubSpot. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. So I get the HubSpot one, and
0: I say this because HubSpot is kind of repositioning themselves as a CRM versus just a marketing platform. There yeah. is a big push to be as a competitor with… Salesforce, that is their big push. So I understand them being on there. If you're looking at that CRM slash marketing automation platform piece, there's yeah. a lot of companies that have Salesforce and use HubSpot. Right. Salesforce bought Pardot to at to compete with HubSpot. HubSpot built their own CRM type piece based on their marketing platform. to compete on the Salesforce side. So those are the kind of two heavyweights in there on that piece. So I understand the HubSpot piece. It's the, some of the other ones, like a MailChimp, Adobe, and maybe the Adobe, there's portions that I just, maybe there are portions of Adobe that do the data analytics that I'm just don't use when I just, for me, when I hear Adobe, I think Photoshop, I think InDesign, I think that kind of stuff yeah software component of it and i know i think they do have some like ad analytics type stuff but i don't feel like that is a core piece of their offering but maybe that maybe i'm wrong
1: yeah so um i agree that's a good point of view i would this is a free report um i think it's free for everybody i'm not sure if you had to be a member you have to be a member for it to be free i think it's
0: 300 if you're not a member okay so
1: but it's out there and um i love the the commentary by simon chadwick when he writes about it kind of the trend in the industry there's I mean, it's, it's certainly worth it this is um really good commentary it's qu- it's a easy quick concise read very well done um by the inside sales station so we could probably talk about it all day long um but certainly love it we should probably have i'd love to have michael brereton on to talk about it cuz i i can't even imagine going through this. This is such a challenging thing to do. Yeah.
0: Well, and as you, I think you said it from the beginning, the big headline was that revenue was up 16.6% year over year from 2020 to 2021. The total, which I don't think you did was that is up to $63 billion.
1: Yeah. That's a big number now. Big, big number. Um, Yes, absolutely. Thanks for pointing that out so you know with all these conferences that we just went through a second ago um a lot of them are insights association based um our fall chapter the ceo summit executive leadership um the vegas conference crc those are all Insights association conferences yes so, man what a great they've just done so much and so i'm sure you'll hear a lot more about this report as they talk more about the numbers behind it there's probably a lot more that they know they didn't publish yet right um so you'll hear a lot more about this um so yeah it's great man if you were listening to this episode expecting aaron and then you get 20 (laughs) months of us blabbering so i apologize but um want to introduce our next speaker we haven't recorded the interview yet but she's gonna be great highly recommend listening to her um she kind of has a a new business and a new kind of niche in marketing research and excited to see her hear her talk about it i think you will too and with no further ado, here's Erin. Joining me now, I'm excited to have Aaron Sal. Hello, Erin. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm doing pretty well. How's it going?
1: Um, it's going great. Erin has a great job title because she's an entrepreneur. She can do whatever she wants. So researcher, innovation consultant, and founder of Thoughtful Research. Yes. That's awesome. You do a lot.
2: Yes, I'm Look out, interested in lots of different things and, yeah. and uh, just a learner.
1: That's kind of what I wanted to have you on. So I've known you for a couple of years and got I was fortunate to see you present in Georgia. And I was like, I have to have Aaron on because you're you're just so so interesting to me. And you are an example of why we need diversity in marketing research, I think. One example, like diversity of backgrounds. Yes. So maybe let's start off with just a little bit of your background and how you kind of ended up in marketing research.
2: Yeah, um, it's, I mean, this could be a 20 minute story. <laughs> or a, <laughs> a One minute story. I'll cut it. I'll keep it short. Um, okay, so well, when I went to college, I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> I oh, you really? don't know that. Yeah, yeah, I went to college thinking I was going to be an astronaut.
1: I so you were 18, 19 years old, and you thought you're gonna be an astronaut. Yeah. Okay. Most yeah. of us give up that dream at like eight. I know. Yeah, good job.
2: <laughs> I know. Um, so I went in and I started studying engineering, and then I quickly realized that that was not the place for me, and I switched to environmental science, just because I was like curious about the way everything works, the way, the way the planet works, the way ecosystems work. And I so I studied environmental science. Um, while I was in uh, undergrad, I very interested in in um, sustainability and sustainable development and entrepreneurship so I applied to be a part of this uh, sustainable development lab that they had it was like a summer fellowship program and they tasked us with uh, finding or identifying a sustainability issue and trying to come up with a market-based solution to fix it um, so my team we settled on air purification and created this plant-based air purifier, like of course, plant-based purifiers are not going to do that much purifying, but it's just still like an interesting and I don't know, maybe compelling way to, to bring it, uh, bring awareness to the issues.
1: Wow.
2: Um, so that's, that's how I got my foot in, into business and, uh, entrepreneurship and marketing. Um, I was doing market research for that without even knowing that I was doing market research. I was right. like, yeah, I was like going into, into uh like anthropology and like all these garden stores and like intercepting the um uh, the people who work there and asking them questions and um uh, i didn't even know that was market research at the time I, I just thought that was like entrepreneurship but that that venture came to a point where it was like okay this is we're gonna have to really commit and go straight forward into this and like go get like funding and uh capital and you know really do it or it's time to move on. And I decided that I really liked the market research aspect of everything and ended up pursuing that path instead. So I went to the MMR program after that. Then also when I was an undergrad, I was a youth representative for the, uh, the World Corrosion Organization at the United Nations. Okay. So that was a pretty interesting experience too. So I got to be at the United Nations when all of the sustainable development goals were coming out and um, even present at a conference so that was really cool
1: oh wow like I don't know if I've ever met somebody with your background in marketing research at all and we have a lot of diverse backgrounds most people kind of fall into marketing research right but I I do think that you had a couple you have a couple things inherent to you that lend itself to success in marketing research number one you're curious that's I think that that's when I'm looking for people that are good researchers like curiosity is way up there and mm-hmm. I think that the, how you've connected environmental science and, eco- and ecology to marketing research, like with systems and things like that is really kind of fascinating to me. And yeah. so that, and that was what your presentation was about at Georgia, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. And I, I forgot to mention the ecology part of everything, too. So when I was in, studying environmental science, my focus was ecology, which is the study of living things and how they interact with each other. Um, and how they interact with their environment. And and that includes the the dynamics within the environment too. Okay. That's that's what's directly applicable to market research. Uh, You know, we're we're out here studying um, living things also, but our living things are a little bit different. There are products and services and experiences and uh, brands, consumers, employees, list goes on
1: yeah and so you you kind of work in what I would call I guess traditional marketing research for a couple years and at that point were you were you putting together a little puzzle at that point of how you can kind of combine this your passion I guess with a career
2: yeah I wasn't expecting it at all really but the things just started to seem very similar like uh in environmental science or in ecology, you're learning a lot about competition and cooperation, and um, you know how energy is like the transactions of of energy, and this, it's the same in in marketing research and marketing. It's all about the the you know for us it's financial transactions, but also other types of transactions like social and you know, there's there's more, uh, intellectual you know, um, right. and um, yeah. So the, the world started to look very similar and uh, it took me a little bit of time to really like connect all the dots, like a couple of years. But like, I remember like bringing out, like, ha- like having conversations with people when I was at 8451 being like, you know, what if we thought of like the products, like, like a, uh, like an elephant or like a bird, yeah. you know, like,
1: and they're like, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> what if that? What if we did that? <laughs>
1: No, I'm so fascinated by it, and so I'm not sure if the videos of our presentations will be released, but um, I was honestly just kind of blown away by what you did, and I can't adequately summarize it, in that you kind of told a story about how you do connect ecology to marketing research. I'm not sure if you can summarize what you did in 30 minutes, which was pretty complex, actually. Yeah. Um, In a couple minutes, but can you try to do that? Like what you presented.
2: Yes. (laughs) So the presentation started off with talking about the connection, which we were, which is what we were just doing, Um, and then I went into talking. I went into telling the story about evolution, and then I told the story of this um, animal, this ancient animal called a pachydermus, and um, it was, (laughs) it's like a wolf size that has. Of like it's a mammal, but it has sort of like a crocodile head, but it's a mammal. Okay. (laughs) And um, it has hooves, it lives on land, but sometimes goes in water. So I told a story of this animal. Um, and this this animal ended up finding me on like Din. You know, (laughs) this is like this this just silliness. But uh the, the animal found me on LinkedIn and they asked, you know, we we need an expert to guide us through the marketing environment or our environment, which is, you know, it's, it's a metaphor. So it was like the natural environment, but it's really the marketing environment. So, uh, they came to me and asked me to guide them through the marketing environment. Um, in order to do that, we needed to, uh, get, go, go out and get some environmental insights. So we talked about the environmental insights process, um, and then talked about the transformation and evolution, uh, adaptation process, um, after that, which is, uh, all based around becoming a keystone species uh, or keystone brand. And um, keystone brands are brands that are integral to their environment. They define and maintain the status quo. Um, they are irreplaceable and deeply connected, deeply influential to their ecosystem, whether that be a natural ecosystem or a market ecosystem.
1: Um. You sound really smart when you talk about that, way above my um, <laughs> education level, which our education levels are similar, so that makes me feel really stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go back to Keystone Brands. And you yes. did talk about that a lot. And so I think you, like Coca-Cola would be a Keystone brand in the beverage industry. Coca-Cola and Pepsi, yeah. um, they're really certainly defining and helping maintain the status quo in the beverage Environment. And I think I was thinking more about it. I think in marketing research, we have Keystone brands also. Yeah. Like Nielsen's and the Ipsos's and the Cantars are historic marketing research names that throughout decades have been defining and maintaining the status quo of our industry. And, and you would say that is healthy, that makes it a healthy system, I guess
2: yeah yeah so there is a difference between um dominant species and keystone species so Uh um i think that sometimes when we look at you know like the top of the our industries we're we're seeing a lot of like the dominant species but they're also you know a lot of a lot of times also keystone species um but it's just brands that are defining and maintaining the environment um
1: got it so there's some species and or brands that are integral to the success of the market may not be the biggest name not the Coca or the pepsi but it could be something else that's helping the system succeed okay
2: yeah yeah and you don't have to be you don't have to be at the top you don't have to be at the top of the ecosystem to be a keystone species either um and it's this can be applied to to large-scale marketing environments or small-scale marketing environments Like you could Think about yourself as like a keystone leader within your company, for example.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Brian, do you think I'm a keystone leader in our company? I
2: do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't expect that. Well, thank you, Brian. That's very you're nice. You're welcome. Right back at you. I think you are as well. Um, no, I'm really fascinated by that. And so you can, you're taking analogy from what your passion is, applying it to marketing research and helping um advise brands or companies is that how you kind of put it
2: yeah yeah i'm I'm out here trying to develop the keystone species
1: of of the world keystone brands of the world that is a nice goal to have, yeah, so help yeah. develop keystone brands of our world um okay, awesome. and so you started a company um pretty recently called Thoughtful Research, and that is kind of your vision and your mission.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the vision is a boutique agency right now. It's just me, but I hope to grow and, you know, uh, evolve over time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a boutique agency that uses primary research and insights from science, whether that's behavioral, social, environmental science, uh, to guide the evolution of products, brands, and even markets industries. I got, I got very big dreams.
1: Yeah. You do have big dreams. Um, <laughs>
2: We'll see. We'll see what
1: happens. No, you're going to be so successful because I, I told you this in person. You've, I think you've identified a niche in our industry that will. some people are going to love. Like People are going to be so drawn to this because of the way you think, which is very unique, I think, and how you're connecting the dots. And um, people will be getting guidance that they haven't got before. And I think that is going to help propel our industry. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be successful. No, I'm really impressed. Um, I'm not going to mention your age, but you're young and you're an entrepreneur, and you've started your own company and you've um, changed kind of changed career. So I'm really impressed with you, and I, I can't wait to see where your career goes. Thank you. And let's talk more about the conference, the Georgia MMR conference. Did you have fun at the conference?
2: It was so fun. <laughs> I felt it was just so fun. Um, it was great. Like I don't like uh, I've been to it two th- two other times so three times total and this was the first time that I really felt like I was um you know like established within within the industry like I knew yeah. a lot of people there um it was it was just a fun fun time
1: yeah i um i mentioned this before when we did the summary um a recent podcast we kind of summarized it and i was probably more nervous for my presentation than other presentations i presented at conferences before and I mean, we've done a couple hundred podcasts, so I'm not adverse to public speaking. But I felt pressure on it, and I think it might have been because I think there's a high bar when you represent the Georgia MMR. And yeah. I'm, I've been, you know, I'm, I graduated over 20 years ago, so I felt like I, I, I want the the younger students and the people that are entering their careers like yourself to be like, oh wow, I want to be like Brian. I felt pressure with that. Yeah. Um, with classmates around and people that knew you before you know when you're just almost like a child right Uh, yeah did you feel any pressure like this because I know there were a lot of your classmates there as well. um (laughs) okay to say no.
2: (laughs) I mean everybody like all of my classmates were so supportive and just I don't know very encouraging and I I mean this whole year has been me overcoming my fear of public speaking. Oh. And yeah, so I've I've done I've kind of like been on tour, it feels like just like yeah. to all of these different um venues or forums, conferences, uh summits and yeah. talking and speaking. And at the beginning I was so so nervous, but I think I'm starting to hit my stride, which is really good. And um it's feeling less scary. Um, like with the summit, it didn't, it didn't feel very scary or it didn't feel that scary. Like, of course, like right before I went on, I was like sitting in my chair, like, you know, like trying to calm myself down.
1: But
2: it didn't feel as scary as it has felt in the past.
1: Well, I don't know what you're kind of what you do to kind of prepare. But mine, I'm pretty nervous until the day before. And then the day of, all I do is try to hype myself up. Mm -hmm. And, And I think you can do the same thing in that, you're an expert at this and that's what I tell myself I'm like I'm I'm not gonna study anymore make sure I get this point across I'm not gonna cram or be nervous about it I know this as well as anyone I'm gonna go out there with confidence that's what I do the day of I try to do at least yeah Um, I was lucky this time because I went first thing in the morning I didn't want to wait around like you had to do till the afternoon but what's your kind of process to prepare
2: yeah um I think it's just like i make the deck and then i look at the deck a bazillion times and and then i i like know what like what points i want to make on each slide but also like not trying to be like that perfect presenter like i i don't know i went through like a phase where i was trying to be like that like perfect presenter and it just was counterproductive and um now I like give myself room for error and it's okay if you know you're up there and the words don't come to your mind at the yeah. right time and um you know it's kind of like I don't know at the end of the day it doesn't have to be really a performance like, it's yeah. just like you up on, in front of everybody <laughs>
1: That makes no, sense. I completely agree and I'm I think and Brian would tell you this too I've, I'm much better with the imperfections that I am trying to be perfect. If I'm trying to be perfect, it won't come across very well. I, I struggle with like being a teleprompter and Brian's laughing. He probably wants to say something. Oh yeah. So yeah, he, you are much better off the cuff.
0: In fact, less preparation for you is probably better. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, I think it's really like being comfortable being yourself in front of people. And, and that's that's I think maybe the what have, what I've been having to overcome through public speaking is like being okay being yourself in front of yeah. a whole audience that doesn't know, necessarily know you some people might but you know oh I
1: think um you I mean you can see when you talked about this when you got excited about the Pacasinus and we were talking about it and, <laughs> you know, that's that's you that was that's cool I think people can see the genuineness in it and yeah. um I mean people like that. People love yeah. that kind of genuine um, ability to kind of nerd out on, you know, we're all nerds at heart.
2: Yeah, we're all nerds. <laughs> right. We're an of nerds.
1: Right. But and you nerd out on something a little bit different than most of us do.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention earlier, the pacasius evolves into an orca or killer whale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Over it's,
1: millions, is it millions of years, I guess?
2: It's like 20 million years which yeah. is actually pretty fast in evolutionary time. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: But we, we helped the practices evolve in 20 minutes. <laughs> no, it <laughs> wouldn't actually work like that, but.
1: Um, yeah, you sped it up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, anything else about the conference you'd like to mention or thoughtful research?
2: I think I found a, a client to pilot the process i developed. Uh, oh, and, and, um, Marcus has been a part of this too. Yeah. So we left his name off because we didn't want any like special treatment for the, for the, for it from like the committee that was picking. So it was just wow. mining on it.
1: Oh, um, wow. I didn't know that. That yeah. Marcus has been part of this too, behind the scenes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, this is eventually this is going to be a book, um, which is exciting. Um, but we're still in, in the early days of figuring out, we don't have a book deal or anything yet.
1: So, no, I think I'm sure you'll get it. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh. he was, he was very helpful in, um, this process of figuring out how to connect everything. Um, you know, helping, you know, challenging my thinking, um, guiding, providing guidance, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's been nice getting to know Marcus. He's done such a great job with that program and helping build it and expand it. So that's yeah. an awesome person to kind of bounce ideas off of. One of the mention something else. And I I can't wait to see you describe, hear you describe this. So you also have a passion around skating, right? Yeah. Yes. And so oh. I have saw that you used to post a lot about um an organization that helps like young girls become more confident with skating. Right. And there's analogies to this, to marketing research. Maybe tell a little bit of that story as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I started skating when I was in in Cincinnati. I've always been like a like interested in like wheelie activities. And um, like I would rollerblade when I was in high school and uh, just like around the park and stuff, nothing serious. Um, But I always wanted to skateboard, but I kind of like didn't, um Do it when I was growing up because I felt like, I don't know, like awkward about it and like yeah. didn't want, like, there's like a lot of like people being like, you know, posers and it's sort of like exclusionary to women sometimes. Yeah. And so I didn't pick it up. But then when I was like 25, I decided you know, this is the time. It's, you know, I want to learn how to skateboard. So I went out to a learn a skateboard meetup and learned how to skateboard in Cincinnati and then um, came back to Atlanta and felt really passionate about uh, teaching other people how to skateboard. So I started running these skate workshops um, to teach people how to skateboard. And it's really at the end of the day, skateboarding is a practice in bravery. And that's, that's like entrepreneurship. I, I, I learned a lot about like being, being brave and um, sort of like going with the flow and, you know, trust, trusting your board um, or, tr- you know, trusting your path kind of thing um, for, from an entrepreneurship perspective through skateboarding. Um, but also like, it, it teaches you like incremental progress. Like you have to, uh, value like progress over perfection. You're not, you know, stick stepping onto that skateboard for the first time. You're not going to be good. Yeah. You're going to fall. And, um, that's a part of it and it's a learning process. Um, so I really like that part now. I'm um, now I, uh, my favorite part of skateboarding is, uh, like, I'll go and grab my board and just like walk around to the different hills in my neighborhood and I'll skate down the hills. And that's what I really like to do, like, bombing hills.
1: By the way, there is a bull, and we're both Georgia Bulldogs, and we both have your dogs are Bulldogs, right? They're Boston Terriers. Boston Terriers, okay. Yeah. And um, have you seen Chowder the Bulldog who skateboards?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't so, that so cool?
1: Chowder is the greatest dog ever. Google um, or TikTok Chowder the Bulldog. It's unbelievable what this dog does. Um, and also, oh, man, what a great segue. It's unbelievable what you're doing, Aaron. I'm really proud of you. How can people uh, find you or thoughtful research?
2: You can find me on LinkedIn. Just look up my name, Aaron Sowell. Okay. Um, also at my website, though I am about, the website is about to be uh, re-done, re, uh, so... Okay. You, if you look at the website now, it will probably look a lot different in a couple months. i um, currently repositioning everything around marketing, ecology and environmental insights. Um, but if you go on the website now, you'll get to see some of my values and the things that I care about. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my mission with all this at the end of the day is to help create a more sustainable world. So that's that's my driver.
1: That what a big one of the big amazing goal. Like my goal at the end of the day is just like do my job and feed my family and <laughs> watch TV. You want to like make the world a better place. That what a great goal that is. I'm I'm impressed. Um, and you're going to be speaking in Toronto also, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'll be at SMR Congress and um, speaking about connecting generations, which is a, an industry initiative that. I, uh, Thoughtful Research is partnering with Hawkeye um, for, and uh, we have the mission of sparking connection, understanding, and empathy across generations in the workplace, and our focus is uh, market research.
1: You have a lot going on. I'm, I'm I'm getting stressed out just listening to all this stuff. <laughs> I'm impressed. A lot going um. on yeah aaron thanks for joining it's been so much fun having you on um i hope people reach out to you and connect with you and get to see you talk about this because your passion comes out you're gonna be awesome um so thank you thank you